all status, I'ma beat y'all back I pull up on the block in a big Corvette yeah. Riding around the city with a stick all black I'm trying with a token weed with all that A conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech and marketing My name is Ivan Temelkov and I'm your host And on this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered, life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. And today, I'm joined by Denny Levin. Is that correct? I pronounced that correctly? You got it. Good job. And before we dive right into the show, I want to tell you a little bit about Danny's story. So Danny walked away from an opportunity to run a billion-dollar business, to hitchhike around the world, to find happiness and inner peace. He studied in a seminary five years and left one day before becoming a rabbi and has lived as a monk in a monastery for 10 years. As director of business development, he grew Hay House from $3 million a year in sales to $100 million a year in revenue. Uh, Danny's a rare blend of a businessman and mystic who sees uh, what others do not see. He has been this one quality more than any other has thrown him into some of the most exclusive boardrooms to help companies innovate new ways of finding solutions when the old ways stop working. He's also the author of The Mosaic, a life-changing fable that invites people to listen to those others do not hear and see the situations in their life differently. You can visit, visit danielbrucelevin.com. So welcome, Danny, to the podcast. How are you, man? Hey, hey Ivan, thank you. That was a mouthful. You read the whole bio, and I, I don't think I have anything left to say. The best thing I think I could do now is exit stage left, right? <laughs> it's, um, you know, it definitely was. And, and the reason... You know, that's actually a really good point because anytime I read a bio for a guest, um, it's on a, sort of that thunder moment, right? Is that like, come out. All we can do are. is go down from here, right? I, I, I don't know <laughs> if I can move up to that anymore. So let's, let's start off from the top, first of all. I mean, amazing story, you know, uh, walking away from a billion dollar business to hitchhike around the world, studying to become a rabbi, lived as a monk for 10 years, and helped Hay House make a bunch of money. So let's take it all the way back. Where did this all start? Like, did you just wake up one day and we were like, oh, you know, I'm going to go hitchhike the world or, you know, this billion dollar business opportunity just kind of fell in my lap, so to speak? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the neat thing about my bio, if it has any relevance at all, because Mm -hmm. it really doesn't have that much relevance, because Ivan, the most important thing that's going to happen right now is in this conversation, do the listeners feel something, hear something, experience something that allows them to see their world a little bit differently than the way they've always seen it? If that happens, I could have been living under a bridge for 60 years and we'd still have a significant moment here. If it doesn't happen, everything that you said has no relevance because we didn't connect with, with people. Right. For me, for me, what I've seen in my life in the years that I've been here, and I've been here a long time, some say too long already, um, is that it seems like we have moments in time that really change us. Moments in time that really make us see what we're looking at 
very, very differently. For me, that moment was when I was 13 years old, I lost my dad. And my dad died, my dad died on the 4th of July, Independence Day in America. And then my mom passed away two years later on, on the 4th of July, same day, same time as my dad. So suddenly wow. at, 15, at 15 years old, I was a kid without any parents. Mm-hmm. And while all my friends were playing sports, which I did too, and chasing girls, which I did too, none of it, none of it really meant to me what it meant to them. Because what I was trying to figure out is where and why in the world would my hero, my dad was my hero, why would my hero be taken from me for no apparent reason? I was just right. a kid. Why would I, my mom be gone? You know, why would I be left alone in a world that was so random that I couldn't deal with it? Right. And so what I did is I created a story. And that story was, it was too scary for me to live in a random world where things happen just for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. So I decided to become the cause of that. And I created a story around if I would have done something, my dad wouldn't have passed away. Completely, completely fake story. You know, one one thing I wanted to touch upon that, because this is key, actually, is that uh, the victim mentality you're just talking about right now, because it's the one thing I don't know. I mean, it it might be age because you were very young, obviously, but I think us as human beings tend to pull the victim card very commonly because we tend to blame ourselves um, immediately because we think that we're the cause. And I think that's what you were doing, right? Yeah, but it, for me, it was less that I was victimizing myself, more, but more that I was looking for a world that had cause and, and effect in it. Mm-hmm. And in the world that, I, that, I, that the real world that happened is there was no cause and effect to it. It didn't seem like there was anything that had happened that had made my dad pass away. And for a 13-year-old kid to lose his dad and to live in a random world where the people that he loved the most could be taken at any moment in time that world was too scary for me. So I chose to be the cause rather than being a victim, which I understand how you would get to. I chose to be the cause of that situation. I chose to put in place because I did this, this is what happened. And it created for me a cause and effect reality. The only problem was there was no reality to that reality. The, right. the cause that I created wasn't real. And years and, and so what I want to ask your listeners in their businesses, in their life, in their relationships, in, their, in the way they're living life right now, what made up stories are you creating to give yourself comfort that are in the end causing you immense discomfort? Because yeah. that story's played out over time for me over and over and over again, that if I would have done, this would have been. If I would have done, this would have been. Because I wanted to live in a, in a world that had a very clear cause and a very clear effect. And I was scared to live in a random world. And if you think about businesses and entrepreneurs and people that we're talking to right now, right. if you're scared to live in a random world, how many risks are you taking in your business? How many risks are you taking in your life? Because we don't like taking risks because we're scared of what would happen, right? We like to stay in the same box that we've been in. And when we stay in the same box that we've always been in, you know what happens? The same thing that's always happened. And we just reinforce those stories over and over and over again. The beauty to me of the mosaic is the essence in the mosaic is nothing as it seems. And if if your listeners would only take away those five words, from this podcast and allow that to play on their consciousness. 
what if nothing is the way you see it? What if not only don't you have the right way of seeing it, the way you're seeing it is just not true? What if there's right. another way to see things that would give you innovation in your business that would cause peace in a world where people are suffering? What if, if the way you see it is just that, the way you see it rather than the way it is? What yeah. would that open up for you as a possibility to experience the world that is? You know, there's a couple of things I wanted to latch upon that I think are extremely key that I want to highlight that you said is um, taking it all the way back to stories, first of all. Yeah. I think us as human beings, whether it's in our personal lives or in our businesses, um, we like to make up stories as way of creating excuses uh, and not, not taking accountability for certain things because accountability can be costly. So and, time, time out a minute, time out a minute. Mm -hmm. What if that's true? That's only one, like I'm going to do with you what I do with the people that I work with right now. Right. You have a very fixed idea of why we make up stories. And what if that's only one of a thousand reasons why we make up stories? And it is. Because, and, and it is one, but it isn't the only one. Right. So if you go into life and you're working with people and you have this idea, they're making up stories to, to, to permit themselves not to have accountability, you might miss the real, the real essence of what they're trying to get to. Everything in this world, Ivan is speaking to us and it doesn't speak to us the way we hear it. It speaks to us the way it wants to be told. When I was writing the mosaic, let me just be, be really clear on this. Sure. I wrote a fabulized version of my life. I made up characters based on people that I met, okay? Right. I thought it would take me about six weeks to two months to write. Three years later, I was sitting pulling out every hair that used to be black is now white because it, was, it wouldn't let me finish the book. I would lose the files. The files would be corrupted. I, my, my machine would crash, and the only thing that was missing was my book. And so I worked hard, and I thought I had the chapters exactly the way I wanted them, and they were taken from me. So right. finally, I called the characters, like, just like I did, like I'm talking to you in the Zoom room. These were make pretend characters, but I, I beckoned them to come before me in a Zoom call. Right. And I had all of them sitting in front of me. And I said, what the hell is going on here? Pardon my language. Why won't you let me finish this book? What, what are you doing? Right. And each one of them said, because what you're saying, what you want us to say is not what we want to say. Now, Ivan, these were characters that I made up. Yeah. And I said, with all due respect, guys, you're my characters. I can tell you to say what I want you to say. I created you. Right. And they said, with all due respect, once you created us, we have a life of our own. You need to listen to us. If you listen to what we're trying to tell you, your book will be done in 30 days. If you don't, it'll take you another five years and you still won't be done. And that's, so that's another interesting point that you made, because going back to the things that I wanted to highlight upon is just that, yes, in part, I know personally, just speaking personally here, is just that um, I tell myself stories for a lot of variety of different reasons. Uh, I tell myself uh, stories because, you know, um, I don't want to be accountable if I make a mistake. So I tell myself a story to create an excuse. I, I tell a story to myself because I, I, I aspire to be someone. Uh, I know, for instance, my fitness and nutrition journey has been a roller coaster for several years. 
Uh, and I feel like finally it's, it's fine tuned because I'm telling myself stories that I, that are believable stories that cause discomfort because you also said that if you create comfort and you keep telling yourself the same thing over and over, the status quo will never change. Well, our comfort zone. Exactly. The comfort zone, but there's no growth from comfort. You can't stay in the comfort zone and growth. Exactly. One of the things the mosaic showed me, and it's probably not only true about the mosaic, but one of the things it really showed me is our thoughts become our words. Mm -hmm. Our words become our stories. Right. And our stories create our life. And the beautiful thing about that is if any of those pieces are out of whack, change any of those pieces and everything will change. If you create your thought, if you change your thoughts, your words will not be able to be the same. If, you cre- if your words change, your stories are going to change. And if your stories change, your life's going to change. But most of us don't have you for this is why I took a little bit of, of, uh, of offense to what you said, not an offense. That's way too strong of a word, but this is why I, I, I said, maybe there's another thing. What if it's not true? I don't tell right. stories to get away from my accountability. I created stories to make myself accountable for things I wasn't even accountable for. And then I suffered in pain on those stories that I made up that were totally made up that weren't even real. So I'm now, living in pain from stories I created that have no accountability to anything that exists, but because they made me comfortable in that moment. What story, whatever reason your listeners tell stories, what stories are you telling yourself that just simply aren't true? Right. What stories are you telling yourself that are keeping you in your comfort zone that don't allow you to grow your edges? Because yeah, as long and, as you're in your comfort zone, you'll never grow to the place that you innovate. Right. That's absolutely 100% uh, true. And one thing that I wanted to share about comfort too, as we're talking about it here, is that I think most people like to remain comfortable because there's uh, a sense of certainty there. So when you're telling yourself stories that make you feel warm and fuzzy, whether it's about your life, about your relationship, you know, with, with a significant other, uh, a spouse, or about your business even is that, and I'm speaking from personal experience because I've seen the evolution from a mindset, from a personal development, from a fitness, from a nutrition standpoint, and how that is right before my eyes transforming not only my personal life, not only my marriage, not only my relationship with my children, but also my business. Because of the different stories that I'm telling myself, and here's a prime example, um, just to take my nutrition story right now and my fitness story, it's been a roller coaster for several years and largely because of inconsistency. I would have these sporadic patterns where, you know, I would, I would go to the gym, I would, I would eat my nutrition, my food, take my supplements, and I would quit. And then I would pull sort of that victim card or look for that cause and say, well, why didn't I succeed? I didn't succeed because I was my own worst enemy. And that's just said. Yeah, going- again, again, I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in. Sure. Okay. You have so many stories around your stories with all due respect. Mm-hmm. Instead of asking yourself a question of why didn't I succeed? And then answering the question with the answer that you've always answered. Why don't you take time and just listen? Mm 
when things happen, when we're trying our best to live a life that we want to live, and for, for whatever reason, it's not working. I tried for three years to write my book. And I had all the answers to my, to my questions. But what happened somehow along the way is there's a, there's a coaching group called Vistage, and they wanted to hire me to work with their CEOs because that's what they do. They, they, they coach CEOs right, of companies. Right. I didn't go with them, but they have a fabulous line that I wish was mine, but I can't, it isn't, it's theirs. And they said, people come to us hoping to find answers. Hmm. That's not what they find. What they find is people that question their answers. Mm. What I would invite you to do, my friend, and invite everybody that's here listening to us, is instead of, instead of asking your question, answering it really quickly and making a beautiful, very neat package out of it with a pink ribbon tied around it, question your answers and listen. We're scared to death to listen. We want to know it all. We want to have all the answers. We want to be better today than we were before. But you know something? There's a reason we're going through the pain that we're going through. There's a reason why something isn't working. There's a reason why we're, we keep going back to what we used to do. What is that? We, don't, we think we know the answer. But what if what we know is not what is? It's just what we know. Right. That simple process of questioning your answers will change your friggin' life. Yeah. No, I, and just to touch upon that too, um, you know, when, when you were saying questioning your answers is that uh, perception is reality, right? So we perceive certain things and we draw conclusions based on that and we create that reality, our own reality. And in fact, it's something I've recently been giving more thought, thought about is just that, that the fact there's three different realities. There's, you know, my reality, your reality, and the reality, meaning the world of how things are in the world. And so going back to what you said is question the answers is just that, um, and being able to listen also. Now, maybe this is with age, because I think they say that with age comes maturity, and I probably see some truth in that. Um, I, I can guarantee you that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, where I was going with that thought is just that when you said um, learn to listen, I think us as human beings, you know, just, just humans and also entrepreneurs, you're absolutely right. We want to be know-it-all. And I don't know if it's with males specifically, if it's an egocentric thing or is it the fear of, you know, embracing being a lifelong learner, which is something that I personally have been striving more and more of. So even being a lifelong learner is a neat answer to avoid the real question. <laughs> and I want you to just see how beautifully subtle the mind is. Mm -hmm. Because again, we give really nice formulated answers, which I know that's not a formula for you. I know it's what you believe, but it's just a story that you've heard over and over and over again that now fits into a nice little package that you mm -hmm. can say, I want to be a lifelong learner. How about just being empty? You know, when a glass is full, nothing can go into the glass. It won't take anything. You pour, they tell the story of a man who comes to a teacher to learn Zen. 
And the teacher says, great, let's have a cup of tea first. And he makes tea and he starts to pour the cup and the cup's on a saucer and the master and the Zen teacher pours the tea and pours it into the cup. The cup's overflowing. It goes into the saucer, goes into the saucer onto the floor. And the student looks at him and says, I'm sorry, sir. You can't pour, put anything more into the cup. It's, it's everything's right. flowing onto the floor. He said, okay, so you go home and empty your cup because you want to come here and learn Zen, but everything you have is so full. Anything I put in will go onto the floor. Right. We are scared to death to be empty. We are scared to death to be vulnerable. Right. We are scared to death to not know. Everybody, if you look around, so many people in the world pump themselves up with all that they've done. When you read my bio, that's why I said to you, none of it's important. Right. Because it's so easy to try and live on your past successes and say, wow, that guy's important. And I can walk around, who, who, aren't I important? Aren't I great? Look at all the things I've done, right? Right. But none of it's important unless this moment's important. And unless we're connecting here real, like you are raw as shit. Right. So you better be raw as shit. Raw well, as shit doesn't allow formula answers. Mm-hmm. Raz doesn't allow formula answers. It says, hold it. I am empty. I'm vulnerable. I'm alone. I'm scared. Right. That's what raw shit is. You know, you make a very, something I wanted to touch upon that um, and doesn't get talked often enough that you brought up uh, raw as shit and Raz and six years of basically trying to, you know, redefining and pivoting to truly discover who I am and what this podcast really stands for that I wholeheartedly believe in. And it is, you know, I'm, I am someone who on a personal level is, you know, very disruptive, very raw, someone who, you know, throws F bombs around like crazy because it's who I am as part of my character. And, what you just said also about that after reading your bio, which obviously bios have huge merit because of the type of impression they create, but unless you have this one-on-one -on -one experience and this interaction, it means shit, literally. So, so, Absolute shit because I, he has no significance. Which is how I started off with you. So right. I'm going I'm to ask you, and I hope I'm not, I'm not going over, overboard. But again, I'm going to ask you to look at how raw as shit you actually are. How much are you willing to be called on your own BS? How much are you willing to be called on the stories that you've told so often that sound so good that make nice little formula packages for people to sign up for? Yeah, but, but they're not raw. They're formulated, calculated theories. Right. What would happen if you got out of your space and just said, hey, guys, I'm empty here. I don't know what to do. I, I'm telling you, in, in my years, I used to be the guy who knows it all. Look at me. I look like a friggin' wise man. <laughs> people want to people call me something. I hate being what they call me. I just want to be just yeah. what I am. And right. what I am is, is empty. Every single day, I try to empty myself of everything that I know so that I can be filled with a fresh new energy. 
And in business, if you don't empty yourself of what you know, if you keep saying formulas, if you're telling those stories that you've always told of, it's great to be a listener and it's great to do this and it's all this BS and it's great to be always learning and it's great. Those are just more stories to cover up the real story, which is I'm scared as shit. Yeah. You to see me as I am empty and vulnerable and alone. You know, so I want to touch upon that actually, because um, we talked about business here and uh, this is a really key takeaway for listeners, uh, for entrepreneurs specifically, someone who's starting a business. And that is, you're absolutely right. You know, and the 13 plus years that I was in the agency world alone in the marketing space, I did see a lot of fluff and bullshit. A lot of stuff that I just literally be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're really going to sell this? Like, there's zero care in this. It's clearly for a paycheck. Clearly. And here's what's really fascinating here, Danny, is when Ivan churned the raw Ivan, raw as shit Ivan, and said, fuck you. This is Ivan. Let me show you what I can do. What happened is the mediocrity that was in my life and in business disappeared because suddenly, as they say, um, you've probably heard this is that the more haters you create, the more indication it is that you're doing something right. And suddenly I saw all these people that I thought were people that believed in me, that supported me, that encouraged me, you know, all over social media, they kind of started a strain, right? And would say, no, Ivan, you're not cut out for this. And this was a few years ago. Um, because with my business, I'm five years in, technically still a startup, but mind you, not a newcomer to the marketing space of 26 years veteranship. But a lot of people were against it, said, you're not cut out for entrepreneurship. You can't do this. You know, you've lost a lot of money, which in the first three years of the business, I lost over six figures and all this naysaying was coming up. Right. And then I said, you know what? Fuck all of you. This is me. You don't like it. And the amazing thing, Danny, is, is that when I truly 100% hone in on who I am as a character, as a personality, as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a husband, magic started happening. So I'm, I'm gonna, I, I so agree with you and I so support you in that. And I so um, appreciate you calling that out. And, and, not but, <laughs> and. It's time for you to do that again. Yep. Because whenever we think we look, this is what we do as people, as individuals and businesses. We grow our edge and we become very proud of ourselves. But we don't continue to grow our edge. When we grow our edge and we stay inside that edge, we're back in our comfort zone. Right. And so as soon as we make a statement like when I did this, it, this is what happened get ready for the bomb because the bomb will go off again. Yeah. Because if you are, are, if you are just like I'd said to you when you introduced me and you read my bio and I said to you in the, before in the green room, you don't have to read all of it. Just read the one part of it. Like it comes across as such a different person than the experience of this experience. I walked into, I, I worked with a company mm -hmm. years ago and they wanted me to come in because I have an ability to see things people don't see which means they also have an ability to see things I don't see. But for a lot right. of years, I lost that. I just thought, oh, look how hot, look what a hot shot I am. I can see what people can't see. When I realized that they had something that I could see too, that's where real innovation happened. 
Right. And so right after I realized that, I walked into this boardroom in New York. I was on the 36th floor. You walked in and money, from the minute the elevator opened up into their offices, money reeked in everything that was, that was there. Wall Street. The way, the way people were dressed, the way this, the, the, the building looked, the way the offices were done, mm-hmm. everything was perfect. Yeah. And I walked into the room that I was going to be giving the seminar. And everybody was in their Armani suits and the women were wearing their, you know, their, their beautiful dresses and pantsuits and the men were wearing their three-piece outfits. Yeah. And I walked in in a jean and jeans and t-shirt. And they said, I said, um, they said, what are you, you sir, we're, we're about to have a meeting. What are you, what are you doing here? Uh, I said, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just checking it out right now. So they said, are you here to get the trash? I said, I said, maybe, maybe I am actually. Yeah. Truth of the matter is, I think I am. You were about to. And they said, they said, okay, well, the trash can's over there. I said, maybe not. Maybe the trash can's right here. They said, who the hell, who the hell are you? I said, I'm the one you've hired to do the workshop on innovation. How do you think you're doing so far? We had the most progressive, innovative time together yeah. because they were able to change in that moment on a dime to see that they were just looking for someone just like them to teach them how to be different and to see different. But when they saw yeah. somebody that was different, they didn't want any part of it, just like they didn't want any part of the new ideas that were coming. Right. I wanted to, I want to share something real quick. Um, because the, the, this is key and this is something that I've personally struggled with. So as an immigrant, um, let, let's just face it that, you know, uh, you don't have a safe path. Like you don't, it's tough, you know, language barrier, cultural barrier. Pardon uh, me, pardon me, pardon me. Listen to how many stories are packed in what you think that reality is. Right. I'm, I'm not saying there's not a lean towards that. But just listen to the amount of stories packed on one another that already get you walking into a door under underneath when you're not underneath. Well, there was a, there was a punch to, to, to that. There was a punch Sorry. to that because that was a preconceived notion of cultural barrier, language barrier. Because 26 years ago, I was the 14-year-old kid who didn't know how to speak English, you know. I look completely different where I had long hair. I wore these big ass glasses that let's say it made Steve Urkel look cool. You know, like literally that I was that kid. But here's the thing. The reason I'm sharing this story is because what I realized in the 26 years, and I've played this in my head so many times of everything that happened, bullied all through high school because I was different. The kid that was kicked on the bus, ate lunch by himself, like all this adversity that happened. And here's what I realized after 26 years. It seems like this is the ultimate epiphany that I've had is just that I allowed the mediocrity of the world to shape me and change me into something that I'm not. This is in part why six years ago, the Roz project was born is because it became an evolution into what it is today to become raw as shit, to really dial in on who am I to discover myself that I am real, that I am raw, that I am disruptive, that I am innovative in my career and everything that I've done attests to that, but I didn't even believe in myself. So when you were talking about that seminar of innovation, 
I could 100% resonate with that because I've been in those situations. Totally. And you know what? I felt like an outcast. I felt like I was the janitor. When in fact, you know what? I was indeed the cleanup crew, but only because I was there to take out the trash, like you said. Because in the room that you walked in, my world, what used to be my, my world, no longer my world, is that was surrounded by nothing but fucking trash. And it still is to this day. So, so hold on. So hold on. Hold on. I love you and I love, I love that you're touching that raw emotion in you. Mm -hmm. But I have to stand up to you. And I have to tell you at least my point of view. Of course. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it has to be your point of view. I'm not asking you to believe like I believe. Of course. The revelation that will come for, the revelation that came to me was when my anger at being treated differently because I was different turned right. into my turned into my love right. of being able to see what I saw differently too. Not that they made me see the world their way, but that I saw the world was not only the way I saw it. That I saw the world was not only the way they saw it. But the ability right. to slide ourselves out of the way and just see the world the way it is. When that anger transforms into nobody's trash, my friend, you weren't sitting in a room of trash. You were sitting in a preconceived notion in your head that when people act like this, they're not worthy people. It's just another story that you created that told a story about people that only separates us out even more than we are. Instead of saying, boy, I feel, I, I know you guys. I know that's the way I looked at the world. Yeah. I don't want to help you. I don't want to change you. I don't want to fix you. I just want to sit with you and share with you a world that I see now. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. I'm going to right. love you regardless. You have every right to believe about your world the way you choose to believe about your world. But you also will be in your, you will also remain in your comfort zone as long as you don't push your boundaries. Push right. your edges. Meet people who don't think like you do. You do. What I want to create is a community of like and unlike minds. Everybody talks about their like-minded community. Well, you know what? The silos of like-minded community are getting big and strong, but the gaps between those silos are getting wider and deeper. Right. And we can't afford, we weren't born in a world made of silos. We were born in open fields where we just sit and talk to each other. We have conversations like this, but for you in particular, if you, if you can take an old fat guy sitting in California talking to you right now, for God knows what reason, okay? <laughs> I would really invite you to relook at your boundaries. Mm -hmm. I would really invite you to do what you did before, 26 years ago, whatever time it was ago, and just challenge yourself to push those boundaries out more. How can I go from seeing I sat in a room where people were trash? Really? That's not the world we live in. People aren't trash. Right. People have trash, but 
but they're certainly not the trash they have. And how can I become the trash man that helps them take their trash away? On my website, themosaiconline.com, mm-hmm. in my blog, I have a trash man meditation based on the character in my book. Do I have time to tell the story of the trash man here a little bit? Uh, we have a few minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So in the book, the book is about a boy who loses his parents, much like I did two years apart on the same day. Mm-hmm. And when he asks the adults where his parents are, they tell him they're in a place called heaven. So he sets out as a boy to search for the place called heaven. He doesn't know where it is. He doesn't know if it's a store, a person, a place. And he just, he starts walking and talking to people that he meets. And the people he meets are not the classic rabbis, ministers, priests, shamans, gurus, all those people, CEOs of companies. He meets common, ordinary people. Right. He meets the road worker and the trash man and the blind woman and the homeless guy. And he wonders, why am I talking to these people? Why, what are they going to show me about heaven? Well, one day as he's walking along the street, the street is pristine clean. He's not carrying anything. He has no backpack. His pockets aren't bulging. Suddenly he looks over to his right and he sees a trash truck. He's pulled up next to him. And the trash man in the trash truck stops the trash truck and says, do you have some garbage for me? And Mo, the name of the character, looks down and says, what are you talking about? Like, he's, there's nothing on the street. I'm not carrying anything. My clothes are clean. Like, what, right. what's, what's going on here? And he's just about to lay into the guy and say, what a stupid MF you are. Like, uh, do you, why would you stop here? Do you see that? You don't, there's no, I don't even have anything to carry that would be trash. Yeah. Until he sees the glimmer in the, in the trash man's eye. And he goes, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe he's not talking about physical trash. Maybe he's just talking about my belief systems and my emotions and things that are keeping me from having, blocking my path to get to where I want concepts and ideas and beliefs that are blocking me. And he says, oh my God, I have so many, I don't know what to do with it. Right. And the trash man says, I'm happy to get off the truck and help you. And he gets out of the truck and he brings his little trash can. And he says, here, put all of it in, in this trash can. Put everything that pains you, everything that ails you, everything that's keeping you from being who you are, every belief system that you have, everything that you want, just put it all in this trash can. We don't have to put it in the truck. We're just going to put it out here. Right. Because I want you for one moment to feel what it feels like not to carry that shit around with you. Just right. put it in here and see how you feel. You can have it back anytime you want. Well, Mo does that. He empties everything that he has into that can. And he realizes he feels lighter and better. And less encumbered. Right. And he says to the trash man, no, I don't want that back. Will you please put it in the truck, grind it up and take it away? Well, now each one of your listeners has met the trash man. Whether you buy (laughs) the mosaic on Amazon or not, or you just listen to that one story. But the book is filled with stories of people like that. Common, ordinary people. Doing their common, ordinary work that is nothing common and ordinary about it. You've met the trash man now. He'll come anytime you want. He has his can. Put everything you don't want into that can. And just see for a minute how you feel. The compassionate part of listening is to hold the trash can for people 
to empty everything that they're not into that can so that who they are actually emerges. And yeah. sometimes they'll see themselves for the first time I, <laughs> because they don't know what they look like without all their garbage. They forgot. That is a very, very powerful story that speaks great lengths. And in fact, I don't want to take the thunder away from that by any means, because it truly is very powerful because we live in a world and also speaking of myself as well, that in some part of me, I still am a person who has a lot of trash. All I need to figure out how to get rid of that trash because when we truly, as you, as you said, when you let go of that trash, you become the, the person that not only you aspire to think to be, but the person that you've, well, you've always wanted to be. So one way you could do it right now is instead of talking about you, talk about I. And just say, I know that when I let go of that trash, I'll become the person I want to be. Because when you say you become the person you've always wanted to be, you're the teacher. When you say, I have a lot of trash inside me, and I just want to let go of it so badly because it's holding me back. And when I let go of that, I know that I'll experience a world differently. The beauty of that story, the beauty of the second thing is it's a story. It's a story that people can either agree with or disagree with. Right. The beauty of the first thing is it's a teaching. And you, and you become the teacher now who is removed from the story, who is, who is in a vertical relationship with the world rather than a horizontal relationship. If you look at a mosaic, it's a horizontal relationship. The pieces coming together, just being themselves, create something more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Right. But we live in a vertical reality where we have self-help teachers teach, where we have business people lead, where we have governments that tell us what to do. Why don't we try a, a hard, that, that world, that vertical world isn't working for us anymore. Right. Why don't we try just loving each other and holding each other and being raw as shit with each other? <laughs> That's and just probably. Up, and just showing up for each other. Yeah. And, letting I, our, and, and, loving, and loving every part of us that gets exposed. I 100% wholeheartedly agree with that statement. And with that being said, uh, we're running out of time. And I know that, in fact, this might have, there might have to be a part two because I feel like we've just scratched the surface. And um, you have given not only me, but also the listeners of this episode so much value Um, And a lot of it is, you know, from things that you have personally experienced and gone through in your life. And I think that speaks great lengths, not only for me, but also will speak great lengths for a lot of people to be an eye opening thing to help them realize that it's time to take out the trash. Yeah, yeah. So, Danny, I, w- I, w- I want to thank you for this amazing conversation. But before we sign off on the episode, you know, throw out some links, some websites. How can people connect with you, the book? Where can they buy it? Uh, anything and all the above. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. And I'm sure it'll be in your show notes. But the book is available on Amazon. So it's The Mosaic, Daniel Levin. Um, I don't know when this will, will air, but by November 18th, it will also be available as an audio. 
okay. Audible, Audible has it. They told me by November 18th would be the 30 days. Business days, that's the latest. latest. We're pretty, we're November 10th. So mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're not going to race too quickly to get it done before the 30 days. Sure. Um, but, but it'll be available. My website is my name, danielbrucelevin.com. And I'm sure you don't have to f- go for spelling. It'll be in the show notes. My, I have another website, which is my business website, which is the mosaic online.com. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you'll see a lot of the things that I'm doing. Um, and listen, I really want to hear from people because as I started out, none of what I'm saying has any importance. The only thing that's important is do we connect with each other? Yeah. I want to hear what you think. All too often this world has people speaking to you, but not yep. listening to you. Yep. My goal is to start a revolution of listening. And, and I speak a lot. You can hear how much I talk. And I was, when I was given the commission to start a revolution of listening, I said to my guide, who told, my teacher, my inner, my inner self, Right. I said to my inner self, you must be really desperate for people. Look how much I talk and you want me to be, start the revolution of listening. And they said, Danny, there's two reasons why we want that to happen. One is because we want you to learn how to do it in the process of starting it. Right. And two is because your stories are good stories. They occupy the minds of people. And what that allows you to do is communicate with their heart, heart to heart. And their soul, soul to soul. Because their mind is what gets scared and interferes and goes, what the heck's going on here? But when the mind's occupied with a good story, people are open to feel. Right. And so when you speak to people, speak with your mouth, but listen with your heart. Listen with your soul. Connect with them. When you do that in your business, you know how what your business will change? Connect to people. Listen to their words, but listen to what they're really saying beneath their words. Our words are only half the story. The space between our words is the other half. The space between the words is what they're not saying. That silence, when you feel that and hear that and understand that, it'll give a completely different meaning to the words they say. I hope, as Ivan said, that you've gotten some value here. If you haven't, throw it in the trash. <laughs> if, if you have, let's just talk more with each other. Right. Daniel, thank you so much. Absolutely enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I will make sure that uh, in the notes, it's captioned the links, the website, um, also where people can find you as well. Thank you, Ivan, for having me. It's been an honor to get to know you a little bit. And remember... Never stop being raw as shit. Appreciate it, Danny. Thank you. Big dog status, I'm a big dog. I pull up on the block in a 